The Awareness Revolution Podcast, where we bring you alternative views on big topics that affect just about everyone. If you want to improve your life and change the world, then stay tuned. You'll hear cutting-edge health, financial, and personal development strategies from a revolutionary perspective. Warning, listening may take you outside your comfort zone, separate you from the pack, and change the way you see the world. Here's your host. Jeremy Kinney. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again to the Awareness Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Kinney, and this is the second episode. This episode is going to be focused on water, which is the second element of nature listed out in my ebook which is Gifts from Nature. Now, the reason why I'm devoting a whole podcast episode to water is because it's so important, and it's actually very undervalued. We've gotten to the point where lots of people are catching on to eating healthy food, understanding that that's important for good health, but the water thing just hasn't caught on quite as well yet. And that's because... It's easy to understand why tomatoes, onions, radishes, lettuce, you know, real foods, whole foods are better than processed foods uh, like junk food, potato chips, you know, stuff that you buy in a box. But it's a lot harder for people to realize the difference in water. In fact, it may be virtually impossible with the naked eye but I assure you that not all water is the same we are in this place where we're starting to become conscious of the differences in water but we're not quite there yet you know we used to just drink tap water and we all thought nothing of it and recently we all started getting into this bottled water craze you know so now Everyone's like, oh, I don't drink tap water. I drink nothing but bottled water. And they usually have their own brand name or something like that. But um, we're going to get into some of the reasons of why bottled water is not enough. Um, And we're going to explain why nature provides the best water. And give you some real practical, actionable steps that you can take to improve your water or get a good water filter. But... Before we get started, I want to emphasize the importance of good water. It cannot be overstated. The body reserves the best quality water to surround your DNA to protect it. And then you pass that on to your children and then your grandchildren. So your DNA is largely protected by the quality of water surrounding it. And it won't give up that quality water for some other water that is inferior because then over time it will just have lesser quality and lesser quality and lesser quality of water until it has terrible quality of water around it. So it literally has a lot to do with the quality of genes that are given down from one generation to generation. And this is something that is of the utmost importance and isn't really on people's radar they're not thinking about it so it cannot be overstated how important 
water actually is. So let's go ahead and dive in. We've got to start off with water being essential to life. You know, virtually all life is dependent upon water. Now, it's interesting because the Earth's surface contains about 71% water, and our bodies are also made up around the same amount of water, and 90% of our blood is water. So that should tell you right there that water is pretty important. The earth is full of water, our body's mostly water, our blood's mostly water. So the quality of water that you drink is really important because you are mostly water. Now see, water is not just some boring liquid. You know, water is actually really interesting. And there's still a lot about water that we don't know and a lot that we don't understand. So, you know, we're far from being uh, at, at the, um, we're far from knowing everything there is to know about water. And even though we have all this fancy technology, cell phones that can make calls instantaneously across the country, we still are at square one with our understanding of water. A recent discovery made by Gerald Pollock he discovered what he calls EZ water, which stands for exclusion zone. And basically what that is is living water. And this is an important distinction to make with water is, is it living or is it dead? And water is a living substance. And water can be dead. And, of course, you are a living being, so you want to drink living water. Water with life in it transfers that life to you. So, again, this needs to be taken into account when you're looking at water, because, again, all water is not created equal. Now, there are a lot of anomalies with water, and without these anomalies, life on Earth, as we know it, could not exist. So, water is just a really, really special element and what has been found about this easy water is that there's actually three ways that you can make easy water one of them is infrared light the second one is pressure and the third one is oxygen what's interesting about each of these ways is that we've been using these um, methods uh, for different purposes and knowing that these things can create easy water helps us understand a few things that were a little bit more mysterious before. So for example, infrared saunas are well known for their health benefits, specifically for detoxifying the body. But um, it's less known why and less understood how it all happens. But knowing the discovery about easy water and how infrared light creates it, it helps us understand why an infrared sauna can help heal the body. Well, we're mostly water, and when infrared light goes into the body that is mostly water, it can then turn the, body in, or the water in the body into easy water, which actually makes the water um, take on new properties that it didn't have before it's able to eliminate toxins from the cells better it's kind of like um, new channels like veins 
in the in the cells are able to form and transport the water in and out of the cell better but you know it's it's just more efficient so that's that explains a lot of the reason why infrared saunas allow the body to detoxify and the second way to build easy water is through pressure and it's interesting because springs often come out because of pressure you know you have a aquifer of water underground and it sits there for thousands of years until the water builds up enough pressure to push itself out and out it comes out of the earth as a spring so it appears that this pressure forms the easy, easy water and that's why spring water is so good for you to drink now we're going to get back to spring water here in a little bit but I'm going to go ahead and cover the third way of building easy water really quick and that's oxygen so when pressurized oxygen is exposed to water the water becomes easy water this is interesting because one of the big um, forms of oxygen therapy is going into a hyperbaric oxygen chamber and what that is is like a little capsule um, an enclosed bed that you lay in and then they fill it up with lots of oxygen so the oxygen content increases so you're breathing a lot more oxygen than what you would be in normal life and then by breathing in that oxygen it's able to oxygenate your blood and basically your body and then the water in your body becomes easy water so I find his work interesting. I find these discoveries very interesting, and I think they help connect the dots for a lot of these different treatments. You know, most people really aren't drinking enough water, and they're definitely not drinking the right quality water. So we need more quantity and quality of water. Dehydration is a real issue. I remember when I was young, uh, I was a teenager, and I was working at Burger King, funny enough. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I couldn't bend over. I I was working at a fast pace, and my body locked up. And the managers didn't believe me. And, you know, finally I had to leave. And uh, I ended up going to the doctor, and they told me I was dehydrated. And it was funny because, you know, I didn't even... I mean, of course, I heard that you're supposed to drink eight hour, eight glasses of water a day. Water is good for you. You know, I knew all that. And I was pretty healthy, really into health, you know, wanted to be healthy. But I didn't like water. I never drank water. And I didn't think it would even bother me because I never, um, I just never felt the need. And I never showed as a symptom, you know. I never had any signs of dehydration or anything like that. So when the doctor told me that I was dehydrated, <laughs> I was quite surprised. And that's really what started me drinking water. I was like, wow, he can tell that I don't drink water. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I literally didn't drink water at all until I was, you know, at least 15. I mean, obviously I would drink Kool-Aid, which was made with water, but, you know, that's not water. I, you know, if maybe in school I would stop at the water fountain 
and get a drink of water. But that was the extent of it. I, did, I never came home and poured me a glass of tap water and drank it. You know, and then later on, um, when I was in my early, um, around 20 years old or whatever, once I, I guess once I moved out of my house at 18, I started drinking bottled water. And I just thought it tastes better. I thought it was really nice. So it felt good to drink this fancy, you know, it, at the time it seemed pretty fancy to me, you know, drinking this water. And I thought that was good. And that was as far as it needed to go. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way today. You know, they, they drink their filtered water or their bottled water. And they think that they're drinking good water and, you know, they've got that situation under, under control. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not enough. Uh, if you're drinking filtered water, if you're drinking tap water, if you're drinking bottled water, none of those are good solutions. But I'm going to help you figure out how to make them good solutions, how to work with it, and how to create the best water that you can make. So basically, there's two different types of water. I mean, obviously, there's more, but for for simplicity's sake, I'm just going to separate water into two different categories. One of them is spring water, and the other one is processed water. So spring water is water that comes naturally out of the ground. You know, not water that's pumped out of the ground like a well, because it's not coming out naturally. I'm talking about water that is coming out without man coming out at a spring and pretty much everything else is processed water bottled water is processed water they 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 get it and they process it and they bottle it um, tap water is processed water bottled water tap water filtered water if you have your own filter at your house reverse osmosis system or something it's also processed water too so you know just like we think of processed food now we know processed food is no good the next step is to understand that processed water is no good either see processed water has unintended consequences it's not natural to process water in fact you know reverse osmosis and distillation those were really created for laboratories to create clean water pure water but clean, pure H2O doesn't even exist in nature. It doesn't exist but in a laboratory. There's always going to be other stuff in there like minerals. So, you know, I don't think God created this earth and then put us in a situation where we wouldn't have any decent water for thousands of years until we uh, created or invented distillation machines. So... I think the, the water that we are meant to drink has been here the whole time. Now, unfortunately, because we're polluting the planet, which is our host, we've polluted a lot of the water, included, including a lot of the spring water. So before I get into all the great things about spring water, I do have to be up front and tell you that, you know, a lot of people are going to tell you you can't drink spring water, especially these educated people that go to the schools, even the people that run a lot of these springs and stuff like that, they, you know, the general advice is don't drink spring water because it could be contaminated. And it very well could be. There's a lot of truth to that. A lot of springs are contaminated. But there are a lot of springs that are not contaminated. And 
you want to drink the water that isn't contaminated. You know, a lot of the tap water is contaminated. A lot of the bottled water is contaminated. So spring water isn't the only water that isn't contaminated. And yeah, spring water is not regulated, but, you know, neither is the bottled water industry. Surprisingly, the bottled water industry is regulated less than tap water. So sometimes tap water can be cleaner than bottled water. You know, a lot of the bottled water, what they do is they just make it taste good. You know, they remove the chlorine taste. Maybe they'll add a few minerals to help improve the taste. But it's really just a marketing thing. It's not, this is a perfect water for human health. Nothing like, nothing of that. So, you know, spring water is just special. You know, it's it comes from the earth. It is truly one of the best gifts from nature. Now, I've taken a lot of health supplements, um, herbs, healthy foods. And, you know, to be honest, I usually don't feel that much from the stuff. There's only a, a few things that I actually really feel the, the effects of. And drinking real spring water, fresh from the source, at the spring, bottling it and drinking it right there, it gives me a natural high. You know, some of the, some of the best times I've had I, were just sitting there drinking it. And, um, you know, it could be... In my own head, you know, it could be the placebo effect, but who cares? You know, even if it's in my own head, I feel good. You know, it doesn't matter what the cause of it is. If you feel good, you feel good. So um, I definitely think that it's uh, important for everyone to have that experience, you know, because we've been deprived that experience. You know, we are always being sold the product and being warned against nature as if nature is just inherently wrong and dangerous and everything that man comes up with that these three-letter organizations like the EPA and FDA and so on, you know, they say it's fine, so it's, it's good, and therefore it's superior to nature. But man has not outsmarted nature yet. You know, um, we're just getting smart enough to cause problems. You know, we're getting too smart for our own good. So, yeah, I mean, we just got to get simple, you know. But the problem is, is no one can sell you natural spring water and even if they do get natural spring water they're going to process it you know they're going to run it through a filter to make sure there's no nothing bad in there and the water just doesn't behave the same after being filtered so you know some of the great things about spring water is just that it's just natural it's it's unfiltered um and it's going to be full of life you know it's as nature intends it to be and the closer that you drink it to the source you know because uh, a spring could come out in several different places and um, you want to drink it as close as you can to the source you want to drink it as fresh as you can so when I go to a spring I drink as much as I can right there you know I sit there and I drink and I drink and I drink and I pee and I pee I pee and I drink. Um, and then I bottle up as much as I can and I take it with me. Now, you don't want to just go and drink from any spring. You know, you want to try to drink from a spring that uh, locals in your area have been drinking from for a long time. Uh, some places, the city will actually test it. You know, they'll vouch for it and say, hey, this is good. Uh, most 
cases that um, that's not the case. So, you know, a lot of times you might have to do your own testing. Maybe if you have some friends in the area and you have a local spring, maybe you guys can all chip in and get it tested, tested periodically um, once every six months at first, you know, two or three times a, a year, the first year or two. And then after that, you can maybe just do it once a year or something. But, you know, if you can find a good spring in your area that provides awesome water for free, I mean, it's kind of like striking uh, oil, you know, or, you know, or whatever. You know, it's a really valuable um, thing to have. And if you've got one in your area, the little bit of cost that you it, that it costs to, um, to get it tested, it's well worth it to have free, top quality drinking water. Um, for your whole family and you can't buy that water even when you buy spring water a lot of it isn't even spring water a lot of it's artesian water or artesian well you know and they and they've changed uh the terms around so where they can where spring water is not a highly regulated term you know there's a lot of uh gray area and so they can use a vague definition of spring water. So if they're pumping it out of the ground and there's an aquifer, they can still call it spring water, even though it's not naturally coming up. So that way, so it's going to be um, immature water. You know, it wasn't, it didn't go through the whole hydrological cycle and it wasn't ready to come up as spring water. So... You know, even if you're buying spring water, it's not going to be the same as if you're bottling it right there at the source. Now, if you want to look for a spring in your area, I recommend checking out Daniel Vitalis's website, findaspring.com. And you can um, look over uh, and find a spring in your area. You can look over the area of where you live and... There's a lot of springs there, but, you know, people are just inputting springs as they find them. So maybe there's a spring in your area that isn't even on the list, and you could add that to the website. So the website's constantly growing with people adding more springs all the time. And some of the people on there have tested it, tested the water. But, you know, you can read the reviews, and you can see if people have been drinking it, see what they say about it. Some people, they bring their TDS meters. If it's a low TDS water, that's a pretty good sign that it's good water. If it's up on a mountain, that's a really good sign because what happens is uh, water will accumulate um, heavy, hard calcium. And you don't want that. I mean, we need calcium, but not the, the heavy, hard, dead calcium that's found in water. You know, if you boil... If you have a pan of water and you boil it and you see a bunch of calcium, calcium deposits, little like chalk in the pan, that's bad calcium. And that's going to accumulate in your body and cause different problems. So um, you don't want water that is full of all these heavy substances. So what happens when you have water on a mountain, it's up. It's It's already risen above sea level and it's went against the force of gravity so as water levitates upwards 
the heavy substances are seized by the force of gravity and left low. So like here in Florida where everything's flat, we have no mountains, there's a lot of heavy minerals and um, calcium in our water. And as you get to the top of a mountain and you get these springs that are coming out at the top of the mountain, all that stuff is down there. Plus, you know, all that pollution that we're, uh, you know, we're, we're dumping into the environment and stuff like that, that's going to be much more likely to be near the bottom too. You know, you're at the top of a mountain, you know, so you're going to get um, cleaner water that way. And in general, a lot better spring water that way. So, you know, seek out lots of uh, mountains for springs. You know, one place that we really like to go is Enota Springs. Uh, it's in northern Georgia. Uh, it's pretty close to Gatlinville and all that. And um, they they used to have the Ormus Conference there um, for, for a few years. And that's because the water there is so rich in Ormus. Uh, Ormus is another topic. Um, um, but basically, Ormus is living minerals. And it's one of the biggest minerals, uh, discovery of minerals that we've had in a long time. So it's a really interesting, fascinating, deep subject that is far beyond the scope of um, this topic. But to really understand water and to really appreciate water, um, to appreciate spring water, you need to be aware of Ormus, what it is. And Ormus is in food, it's in water, but at various, uh, various concentrations. So this water at Enota Springs, that's E-N-O-T-A, it's a Enota Mountain Retreat, something like that. Uh, the water there is um, plumbed in from the spring into the cabins that you rent out. And it's really high in Ormus. It's at the top of the mountain, really clean. And yeah, you know, it's excellent. You know, it would be excellent to be like David Wolf and have a house that has spring water plumbed into your house. That's actually one of the goals that I have. Uh, when I build my dream home, I'm going to do the same thing that he did with the um, spiral pipes to make the water vortex and flow how it wants as it goes through the house. He says that you can hear the difference. You know, you don't realize how noisy the pipes are until you have a house that has um, spiraled pipes. And basically the spiraling action creates a vortex. And the vortex is another way to create structured water, to improve the quality of water. When you watch water flow naturally, you'll see that it likes to vortex. When you look at water go down a drain, you'll see kind of a vortex. You know, you actually see this vortex in, in a lot of different things, like a, a pine cone on um, seashells. Uh, a lot of things in nature like that. When you picture a galaxy, you um, picture a uh, a hurricane or something like that with the water, um, like a whirlpool. So, you know, water likes to move in a vortex action when it can, when it flows naturally. And by flowing like that, it cleanses itself, it draws energy to itself, and it structures itself and... Um, when in nature, when it's allowed to flow and move, you know, these kind of things happen. Not, it, water is always trying to do that. But when you trap it inside of a bottle, it's not able to do that. Now, we can't always 
drink spring water. I mean, if you're lucky enough to live close to a spring, and there are people that do, then ideally, I mean, I think it's worth bottling up all of your drinking water for that. But um, unfortunately, not everyone lives near a, a, a clean spring, you know, because we all have tap water now, so we don't need to live near springs. We used to have to have settlements near springs, but now we've settled, we've built up, and we've destroyed these springs. Um, so we have to have another solution. So that's why we have the imperative need for water purification. So while processed water isn't ideal, neither are the living conditions that we live in. So we got to do what we have to do. You know, we have to have water, so we have to figure out a, a, a practical solution that works for people and especially for the people that don't have access to a spring. Now, the first thing to know is you need to filter the water. You've got to take the bad stuff out. I think we all know that. People pretty much get that idea. But what people forget about is not it's not just your drinking water that needs to be filtered. You know, a lot of people are drinking the bottled water, but then they're showering in tap water because they're like, oh, well, I'm not drinking it. Well, big news here. Your shower is a gas chamber. That's right. When you're taking a shower and you see all that steam, that is not just water in its <laughs> one of its phases. And it's not water in the gas phase, you know. Those are chemicals. What happens is the chemicals in water vaporize at a lower temperature than water. So, you know, most of what you see as water vapor, as steam, when you're taking a hot shower, that's chemicals. And it's very similar to a, um, basically a gas chamber, you know, just a, a lower concentration so it doesn't kill you. But it certainly causes damage. And one way that you can notice that is your hair and your skin. You know, well, you don't notice it because you've been showering in it your whole life, but if you go somewhere where they shower in rainwater, or if you get yourself a shower filter, you'll probably notice a difference in a matter of days. That's one of the first things people do notice. And many people, especially if you have long hair, um, you'll notice a difference in your hair and your skin. Because it won't be so dried out from the chlorine and the water. So, a shower filter is probably the number one filter that you need to get. Because, surprisingly, one shower is about as toxic as drinking eight glasses of water so you know you can shower in clean water and it would be like drinking clean water the whole day eight clean glasses so you know it's important to get a shower filter you know that's that's step number one that's easy it's easier than getting a filter for drinking water you know, you don't have to be as strict about the shower filter, but you definitely want to get that chlorine out. You definitely want to get as much stuff as you can, and you can get one for 100 bucks. you know, under 100 bucks, a little bit over, depending on which one you go with. Um, I'll leave a link to the shower filter that we use in uh, the show notes, which you can find at thewarenessrevolution.com forward slash two, because this is podcast episode two, just a number, forward slash number two. 
And, um, yeah, I definitely recommend getting that. But don't stop there because you're still going to need some filtration system for your drinking water. Now, drinking water is a little bit more important because you are going to consume it. Now, of course, you want to get the bad stuff out, but it's not as simple as that. And that's where a lot of these filters fall short is they don't get a lot of the um, bad stuff. or They get a lot of the bad stuff out, but not all. But even worse, they take the good stuff out with it. And then when they put the water back together, it's not structured. It's in big clusters, and therefore the water is unable to get into the cells. See, when water has a small cluster size, it can, easy, it can get into the cells easier, which means that it can hydrate you better and also detoxify you better because when the water can get into the cells, the cell can then expel some of the wastewater with the toxins that was in it and basically clean itself. So, you know, you want structured water, you want it to be structured in a way that is small size, and that way it can get into your body better. The way that you do that is with a fancy filter known as the Miracle Water System. That's the one that I personally use, that's the one I recommend, it does a lot more than take the bad stuff out. I mean, this Miracle Water System is pretty amazing. We're going to be talking about it more in the future. We'll probably end up doing another podcast episode on it. If you're interested in that, let us know. But I'll give you a quick rundown of uh, some of the differences between this filtration system and others. And there's more information in the book. And um, I'll leave a link in the description where you can go to my website where I have a blog post about the Miracle. So again, I'm not going to go in too much depth now, but if you want to know more, um, you'll, you'll be able to find more information on that blog post and stuff like that. But what the Miracle Water does is it, it takes out the, the good minerals before it filters it. It filters the water, then it reintroduces the minerals back into it. And does a couple other things too. It solves a lot of the problems that reverse osmosis systems have and it not only solves them but it creates opportunities by doing so where reverse osmosis systems has its weaknesses the miracle water system has turned those weaknesses into strengths but one of the main reasons why i like the water system is because it concentrates the ormus in water See, reverse osmosis uses two to five gallons of water to create one gallon of your drinking water. But, you know, that's pretty wasteful. You know, especially if water is expensive where you're at. Um, it's just an inefficient model using two to five gallons to get one gallon of drinking water. Um, plus, reverse osmosis gives you almost mineralless water. It takes almost all of the minerals out of the water. So what the Miracle water system does is... It concentrates the ormus in all of the water. So the two to five gallons that it takes to get your one gallon of water, it takes the ormus from those two to five gallons and concentrates it into the one gallon that you drink. So it's not wasting that water. It's taking all of the good stuff out of the water and concentrating it in the water that it gives you. And it also um, vortexes it, which which structures it, it energizes it, and then that energy gets transformed in your body and gives you 
the living energy that it had. Um, it even gets rid of the homeopathic frequency. You know, if you had, like, homeopathy, the way that it works is that you put something in the water, then you dilute it to the point where you can't even tell that that substance is still in the water. But the water is able to hold a memory. And in that memory, it remembers that this substance was in there. So it kind of still has that effect. So even if you take some of these toxins out, fluoride, um, chlorine, you take these out of the water, then the homeopathic frequency is probably still in there. But by vortexing it, you're, it's able to cleanse its memory. It's able to bring it back to life and, and cleanse itself from that. And also in the process, it, it basically runs it through, um, in the process, it's exposed to different positive words. And this is all based on Dr. Emoto's work and the hidden messages in water, where he basically froze ice, froze water, and was able to look at it um, really close and look at the molecular structure of it. And he found that positive thoughts and words, even the written word, can actually change the structure of water. And when you look at the images of happy thoughts when exposed to water and then negative thoughts, you can tell the difference. You know, the, 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 the water that was exposed to happy thoughts was um, just pretty. It looked a lot better. It looked beautiful. Whereas the ones that were exposed to negative ones, it just looks like hell instead of heaven. So it's really profound what, what they found. And this system uses that technology and um, subjects the water to all these positive phrases and positive words. And, and not, so it not only gets rid of the old memory, but it gives it a new positive imprint. Uh, just one more feature about the, the system is that it has a uh, proprietary um, filter. The membrane in the RO, because it does use reverse osmosis, but um, it does more than that. It has a couple other steps added on to that. And in the reverse osmosis, one of the biggest problems is the membrane. It accumulates bacteria, and then eventually the bacteria can eat their way through the membrane. And then, you know, the person will be drinking water that's contaminated without knowing it, because they're thinking that they're filtering their water. But the filter has been um, ripped by bacteria that has accumulated, you know, a lot of times maybe people just forget to change the filter. You know, we tend to procrastinate on these things and maybe we don't have the money to buy the filter. We forget when we when we put the filters in, so we forget when to change it. Um, time flies and you don't realize it's been a year. Um, so on and so forth, you know, so people just procrastinate and then the bacteria can eat their way through and then you're drinking this toxic water that you think is clean. So this exclusive um, filter that they have is proprietary technology and it prevents the bacteria from being able to eat their way through it. It's also antibacterial, but the actual um, bacteria that does get to the filter are not able to penetrate it and break through it. So you won't have to worry about that. So it's got a lot of great um, selling points on this uh, water filter. Uh, they also add magnesium to the water, which makes it slightly alkaline. But um, magnesium is important. You know, it's a very important 
mineral, one of the most important minerals, and it's one of the most efficient minerals too because we use it a lot, and in the process of using it, we lose it. You know, we we use it up in many of the body's processes, so we become deficient in it. So adding it to the water gives us a great source of magnesium, which is which is great. All right. Um, so I recommend drinking the Miracle Water. Um, you can hook it up right up to your sink, and you know that's going to be a lot better than drinking bottled water. And see, the problem with bottled water is not so much the water. The water may or may be good, or may or may not be good. It just depends. You know, you you don't know. You know, in our in our country, they don't give us a lot of information about the water. It has the nutrition facts, and it just says zero calories or whatever. You know, there's nothing on there. Other countries, that's different. They're, they're more specific with the way that they label water. But it isn't so much the water. It's the container. These plastic containers that they use to bottle water are just terrible. They leach toxins into the water. You know, you ever drank water that's been sitting out in the sun at the beach or whatever and it tasted like plastic? Well, it wasn't just a taste. You were drinking plastic. What happens is they blow these water or these bottles up and they fill them up with water immediately. And these these plasticizers um, they off gas, especially when freshly blown. I mean, really, the, these bottles should sit around for a year or something and be allowed to off gas before you pour water in there. I mean, water is a solvent anyway; it will dissolve things into itself. You know that's why water in nature doesn't just have H two O; it has minerals as it as it flows over rocks, it's going gonna, it's gonna to draw minerals into itself. And um, when you put it inside, when you, when you filter water and you take the minerals out, it becomes mineral hungry. And it becomes um, a very strong solvent, much stronger than water with minerals because it's trying to get the minerals in it. And then you put it inside of a bottle that's freshly blown and it's just going to start leaching those toxins into it. So if you are going to drink bottled water, not only drink spring water, but drink spring water bottled in glass, which can be expensive. Um, you know, you can buy it in the stores. Um, like I said, a lot of it is sold as spring water, that, but isn't. One brand that actually is spring water is Mountain Valley Springs. They are a hot spring. It's not the best spring water in the world, but it's one of the most available waters. And if you call them up, uh, or your local water company, you may be able to find a distributor that will deliver five-gallon glass carboys of water from uh, Mountain Valley Spring, and they'll deliver it to your, your door. We used to do that, and that's kind of cool. At least you're getting it in glass, and it's real spring water. Um, it can be pricey, though. That's the downside. You know, that money that you put into that, uh, you could be putting towards a water filter. Or spending money on gas to go bottle it yourself at a local spring. But, you know, I recommend checking out the documentary Tapped, uh, T-A-P-P-E-D. And that's going to show you some of the um, dark side of the bottled water industry. But definitely, definitely, if you're drinking plastic bottled water, the plastic is no good. Um, there is a an exception, I guess, when you get those five-gallon jugs, you know, if you want to fill up your own water um, at the at a spring, 
glass is the best, but those plastic jugs that are five gallons, they're usually a, a lot better plastic. And that's totally different from the bottled water plastic. You know, it's a different kind of plastic, plus those jugs are older and you can reuse them. Whereas the, uh, the bottled water that you buy, the water is put in there right after it's blown and you don't reuse it. So you're constantly getting um, this intake of toxins. And these things are estrogen mimickers, they're endocrine system disruptors. And, um, you know, you don't want that when every time you drink water because you're drinking water every day. So, you know, and it isn't just BPA, too. You know, a lot of these companies are getting slick now. They're like, BPA-free. Well, BPA isn't the only harmful chemical in plastic water. So even if you're drinking water out of a a plastic BPA-free container, it's still not enough. You've got to get to glass. They even have glass containers now that are unbreakable. So, you know, if you're worried about breaking the glass, then get that. So, you know, there's, there are options, there are solutions. Um, just don't drink out of plastic. Simple as that. Figure something else out. You know, there for a while, a while what we were doing before we got the Miracle, and this was a nightmare. We were taking the five-gallon glass carboys to these vending machines that you can get in the grocery stores or sometimes outside in, like, shopping plazas and stuff, and they filter everything uh, for you. I mean, I had to assume that the filters were working correctly. But, um, you know, we were just getting basically reverse osmosis water, but it wasn't getting put into the plastic bottle. So by doing the, the hassle of bottling this up, you know, this five, I mean, it's heavy. Five gallons in a glass carboy, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy. And it's an inconvenience. But it was um, keeping us from having to drink the plastic water. And then what we were doing when we get home is we were charging the water and trying to bring it back to life. You know, since it takes the minerals out in the processing, we would come home and we would put minerals back in it. So we would just add a little bit of salt. Sea salt, Himalayan salt, just a good quality salt. And that's going to add the minerals back into the water and start to bring it back to life again. Now in my book, Gifts from Nature, in the water section, I have a bonus. You know, normally if you sign up for the newsletter, you get the Awareness Revolution Primer, which is a short little ebook that gives you a primer on all the different topics, health, personal development, money, how they tie together, and gives you an overall explanation of what the Awareness Revolution is about. But in Gifts from Nature, I have a bonus where if you sign up for the newsletter, you get that, plus you get uh, an extra report showing you 10 ways to charge water. And in that special bonus, I have a special section on vortexing water where I go more in-depth and explain it more and give you uh, different ways of doing it, ways that, things that you can build at home in your own time with very little money to improve the water. You know, if you have a reverse osmosis system, when it comes out, you've got to bring that water back to life. So I, I, I explain how you can learn to build these um, contraptions to improve your water um, and then maybe you won't need to buy another filter, you know, water filtration system. You know, if you just bought a RO system, you probably don't want to go out and spend the money on another uh, system like the Miracle water system right away. Maybe one day you will and you should, but um, if you can go out and spend 50 bucks and build something that would improve your RO water coming out of your um, 
out of your faucet, then that would be a pretty good idea. And that bonus is in um, is in the Gifts from Nature ebook. Um, just real quick, I wanna I wanna talk about acid water and alkaline water. Obviously, we're talking about the pH. Um, pH of seven is neutral. Anything above seven is alkaline, and lower than seven is acidic. Well, you know, it's, this is a big fad in the water world, and a lot of people are just assuming that alkaline water is is good, you know, and alkaline water is better than acidic water, and and so forth. But I just want to kind of dispel this oversimplification. You know, you can't judge a water by its pH. That's one thing to look at. It's one thing to consider, but it's certainly not the only thing. Water can have a low pH and be good. It can be a, have a high pH and be bad, or vice versa. It's not the only thing to look for. So, you know, what makes the water as acidic or alkaline um, is mostly the minerals that's in it. So, the calcium that I was talking about, the bad calcium that you don't want, you want to get it in the plants, and that's different. The, the, the plants have uptaken the calcium, and um, it's, it's, it's in a different form. That's more bioavailable. This hard, bad calcium that's in water, it's different. You don't want that. It is alkalizing. So if it's high in calcium, it will have a higher pH. But you don't want that. You want magnesium in water. Magnesium also has a high pH. And but if the if it's the calcium that's giving it your water the high pH, you probably don't want it. But if it's the magnesium, then that's probably a pretty good sign. Um, a lot of really good spring water is acidic because of the hydrogen content. So you know it's just not as simple as buying uh, these expensive machines and putting tap water through a process that, that makes its pH higher, and then all of a sudden the water, water is magically healing. So, yeah, I'm not really into the alkaline water um, as, as a fad like it is, but um, it's, a, it's a complex kind of situation, and people just oversimplify it because we need to be more alkaline. We need to, you know, because we're so acidic because of our diet, in general, yeah, we do need to be more alkaline. But that doesn't mean that we need to drink alkaline water. You know, we need to drink healthy water and eat more alkaline foods and drink less acidic foods, less soda and stuff like that. So alkaline water is not the end-all solution when it comes to water. All right. And, um, you know, just to give you an idea of how important water is, you need to realize that there are people in other parts of this world and in Africa and stuff that don't have clean drinking water. So even though our tap water isn't ideal for drinking, it is clean and you can drink it. And it it, it, it will damage you, but just a little bit and over the course of time. But hey, if you're dying of thirst, our tap water could be life-saving. So, you know, it's not optimal for health, but, you know, there's countries that are in a lot worse shape, and that don't have any clean drinking water. And um, this is this is a, a, a real big topic to me that really touches my heart because, um, I mean, I think about it uh, all the time, you know. I, I, I go to the restroom, I, I pee in the toilet, and I flush the toilet, and there's gallons of clean drinking water going down the drain. 
and other kids are dying. And they could be dying from this water that I'm flushing because I peed. I could have just walked outside and peed and that urine would um, basically act as a fertilizer for my plants. But instead it's sent to some, uh, well, we have a septic tank, but um, a lot of people, it goes to the, the water treatment facility in their city. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's tough. It's tough to think that these kids are um, are dying. You know, mothers are watching their children die because of lack of water, and I'm over here swimming in a pool of water for fun. But, uh, you know, hopefully that will change our lifetime, and the first start to make that change is just making people aware of it. And to become aware of it, I recommend watching two documentaries, um, Flow and Blue Gold are both really good documentaries on the topic. I'll also link to those. And, um, you know, it just puts it in perspective. You know, we've got to become aware of water, its importance, its uh, scarcity. You know, I know we have a lot of water on this planet. People think that we're always going to have the same water and, and we don't have to worry about that. But most of the water on this planet is salt water. Very little of it is um, actually fresh water. You know, um... 3% of, of the 3% of water that's fresh, almost all of it is inaccessible because it's either locked up in a frozen glacier or it's too deep underground for us to get to. So it's just a very small percentage of the uh, water that's fresh that we can drink. Um, you know, so it's not as abundant as what you would think. And what happens when you pump it out of the earth and it's fresh? And then you drink it, and you know you pee it out or whatever you you use it in your plants. Eventually, that water ends up going back up to the sky, and then it rains, and then that water ends up in the ocean, where it is then salt water. So we're pumping out this fresh water, which is uh, we don't know how much of it is left, and we're pumping it out at an alarming, increasing rate, and. You know, it's just only a matter of time before a crisis happens. And when a lot of that water gets returned to the earth, it gets mixed in with the salt water and it doesn't come back as fresh water. So it is a concern. Um, you know, one of the best things that you can do to reduce your um, water consumption, basically, is to eat vegetarian. You know, I mean, it, it. I mean, not only does that help with climate change and stuff like that, you know, it, there's a lot of concern over climate change and greenhouse gases, and few people know how much of an impact eating meat has on that. But not only does it affect uh, the greenhouse gases, but it uses a lot of water. So um, John Robbins talked about this in his, in his uh, great book, the Food, Revo uh, the Food Revolution. And he says that there's no other better way to conserve water than a plant-based diet. So, for example, um, the water required to produce one pound of um, beef, um, it takes over 5,000 gallons of water to, to create one pound of beef. Now, for one pound of lettuce, it only takes 23 gallons. 
tomatoes, the same thing, 23 gallons. To get a pound of carrots, 33 gallons. A pound of apples, 49 gallons. Pork, 1,630 gallons. And again, beef, for one pound of beef, 5,214 gallons. So we're wasting a lot of water to to um, grow this beef, basically. And if we were to be smart, it would be a lot more efficient to just grow the food instead of growing the food to feed the animals. We eat that food, you know. Um, it's not something everyone wants to uh, wants to do, but you know, I mean, the thing is, is you know. It, you know, we think about water conservation, you know, when we're brushing our teeth or we're taking a shower. But, you know, you'll save way more water by eating less meat than you ever will by being conscious about how much water you actually use. So it's just something to think about. It's certainly th- something to think about. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you get a lot from it. Uh, please like, subscribe, write us a review on iTunes. That will definitely help. Uh, Keep in mind, we have, uh, this was a video and an audio podcast, and so if you're listening to the audio, you might want to check out the video, or vice versa. Um, So yeah, just stay tuned. We've got two more elements to go, talking about the gifts from nature, and uh, stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in to the Awareness Revolution Podcast. Be the change you wish to see in the world.